Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Josh and uh, my bad. Uh, we were so excited to get into it with Fisher Stevens that I forgot to uh, kick off by mentioning our Patreon. But we have a Patreon, folks. You can go to patreon.com, look for the movies that made me, and you can help support this show and keep us going. Uh, we appreciate it massively. We even uh, every few weeks get around to doing something special. Uh, for our Patreons. Uh, we've done mailbag episodes. We put up an early look at an on-camera interview I did with uh, Billy Friedkind about a year ago. We've got some other choice stuff coming up, um, including something I swore I would never write about, but I never said I couldn't talk about that I think you'll really enjoy, as well as many other cool, cool things coming up. Uh, but anyway, here it is, our conversation with Fisher Stevens on the movies that made me. This is The Movies That Made Me with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. We're, um, we're, uh, I'm sitting here, I'm realizing it was like uh, two years ago. Should we just start? Let's just start. Let's just start. Um, okay. uh, what the heck? Two years ago, we had Fisher Stevens on uh, talking about, I believe, his feature film, Palmer. Yeah. Since then, he's directed two, not just documentaries, docu-series. And I believe in the last two years, Joe, what have we, I've, I've taken a few naps. Oh, we're, 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 we're jealous. I'm not about it. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the, the thing is, is like one of them, a lot of people have seen and one of them, very, very few people have seen, but that's that's showbiz. That is showbiz. By the way, making a documentary that anybody sees these days, apparently, yeah, a nightmare. But thank you for coming back, man. And and um, uh, I will I will tell you in advance because anybody who listens to this show is going to know, and they're going to like they have to tell them. Um, you are looking at, uh, I guess Martin Scorsese is probably in our club, right? Um, to, th- there are very few people who care less about sports. <laughs> And Joe Dante and myself. Okay. Sports movies, on the other hand. I mean, my, my feeling is like, I finally came up with an analogy the other day. It's like, if you've ever spent time on a movie set watching a movie getting made, um, I can't imagine a more boring thing to do if you're not actually involved with it. But then you watch The Matrix, and The Matrix is great. <laughs> I'm kind of that way with sports movies. It's like, right. you take out all the parts where it's boring and the narrative falls apart. Uh, worst baseball game I ever saw was one where like, I think the Dodgers were winning by about 117 to nothing. And then the seventh inning, somebody got hit in the head and we had to wait for an hour while an ambulance came and took him <laughs> away. And then, and I was with people who refused to leave because maybe there'll be a turnaround. <laughs> yeah. That's sports to me. So that's why I appreciate you people who endure all that garbage and turn them into movies that we can then watch and endure. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, so. we kept the football, you know, we, we, we tried to keep it exciting. 
Yeah, no, very. I did. I didn't even know. I Fisher's here. Uh, his documentary is called Beckham, and it's on Netflix now. Um, and I knew uh, uh, I've seen some now. It's it's very. There's a lot of it. I had no. I just didn't know. I mean, I knew about the Spice Girl thing, uh, and I know they call it football over there. Um, did not know he was what like 13 or something when he first started playing professionally. Well, that's when he signed. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they, 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 they at 14 he went. He left. He left home basically uh, to go to live in the thing called they would call it the Digs of Manchester, and uh, basically signed his first contract at 14. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And then at, what about 15, he starts getting groomed by a spice girl and, um, a little just, older, a little older. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nobody, nobody, nobody take me seriously, but, um, it's, it's, uh, it's cool stuff, man. It's, it's fun. And it's like, it is, I think that's it. It's just like, I forego all this stuff because eventually someone will make a documentary that will actually entertain me about the subject. So you have, you have done that. Great. I feel the same way about royalty too. I didn't know anything about princess Diana until, uh, uh, I watched The Crown about a year or two ago. I know. I I was not even interested in The Crown, and I st- I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah, you know, that, uh, that shows addictive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's. Um, you have a great topic. One we haven't talked about on the show. I think some people have been afraid to broach it with us. But there's there's some. I don't want to give anything away. But some of these are, but some some great movies. Some of these I really love, and and several I didn't know. But um, perfect opportunity to talk about some of your favorite sports documentaries. And, um, I have a big question that I'll save till the end about the subject, but do you want to like jump in, start with your first, tell us why you love it. Yeah. I mean, my, I'd say not only my, one of my favorite sports documentaries, but one of my favorite films of all time, uh, is a film by Steve James, who is a Chicago filmmaker. And he made a film called hoop dreams following these two, um, kids from inner city, Chicago, uh, who become uh, high school phenoms. And it's a story. I mean, he, 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 again, it's not about basketball. It's about humans. It's about race. It's about the city of Chicago. It's about so many things. I have not seen it in a while, but it was, it holds up when I, it holds up. Yeah. Good. And it was really, it was one of my inspirations for when I did have an opportunity to get involved in a documentary even though it was very different, um, Hoop Dreams was one of my inspirations, and uh, it's just an incredible film. And and can I what was but so so you just kind of just from a documentary filmmaking perspective, it kind of helped get you in the headspace. Well, or? no, it just re- it just reminded me like that. Um, first of all, the 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 intimacy that Steve James was able to get from these 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 people. And it opened a world and I was born in Chicago and lived there till I was like 11, 12 years old. And it was such a different Chicago than my Chicago, you know, yeah. the project, the hood. And, and it wasn't that far away from where I lived, right? And where I, and just that's the power of documentaries to enlighten. And it was so entertaining and you're really rooting for these two guys. I ended up getting to know them. Um, I was acting in a TV show years later called Early Edition, and Arthur Ag and William were were in the episode that uh, that I was in, and, and it, it was just a thrill. Um, but but the the power of capturing real life and telling a story, and that movie, the docs that I make and that I'm attracted to are like movies unfolding. You know, yeah. It's almost like fiction. Yeah. And Steve James is just a master 
documentarian and um, I, I, that, that film, I, I really can't recommend it enough. Um, you, you will sit on the edge of your seats and you see a lot of these last chance you and all these series like James did this way before any of these shows existed. And Hoop Dreams was kind of a precursor to that. Um, and it gets pretty deep and pretty heavy. And it's yeah. uh, it's a masterpiece. I got to say, I mean, as somebody, you know, um, my, my feeling about these things has been pretty consistent for anyone to convince me. Again, as much as I like and happy to, you know, there are plenty of sports movies I love. I remember when it came out and there were people going, yeah, no, it's a three hour uh, documentary about basketball. And I'm going, hey. <laughs> and um, I yeah. watched it with, I showed it to my wife last year. I think it was the third time I'd seen it. I mean, it's spectacular. It's an amazing film. As you say, yeah, it's about so much more. I remember, I think Siskel and Ebert were big. It was one of the movies that they sort of helped kind of. Yeah. I mean, you know, Siskel and Ebert are from Chicago. Steve James is from Chicago. The, 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 the movie is Cabrini Green, Chicago. And um, yeah, they, but see, that was when a couple of critics could actually, you know, Joe, you remember those days when two or three critics love your movie. It, it actually gave your yeah. movie a whole lot. Yeah. You know, and it's critics, not people on Twitter, folks. But no, that was a long time ago. A couple of critics who've actually, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was amazing, cool. Uh, well, what's what's next? Um, well, I, I mean, I have many, but I, I'd say the other. I mean, I think these are all pretty much masterpieces. But um, uh, OJ Made in America is a doc series by Ezra Edelman. Won the oh. won the Academy Award, won the Emmy. Um, again, um, just incredibly powerful storytelling. Uh, OJ Simpson. So I am. You know, I grew up with sports. I love sports. I used to, I was a huge OJ Simpson fan when I was like a little kid, you know, and, and what Ezra was able to do, the way he was able to let that story unfold, masterfully done, uh, a, a kind of a lesson in filmmaking, wow. the characters he chose to, uh, to include. Because a, a lot of making docs, I mean, in Beckham, I mean, I interviewed a lot of other people that didn't make the cut. Um, and didn't interview a lot of people that people said you got to interview, but it's a lot of that is like, who is going to tell your story other than your main characters? Um, obviously Ezra didn't have OJ to tell the story, but he had OJ, plenty of OJ in the movie. And, um, yeah, just a story, uh, made in America, the title, the whole thing. It, it's, it's just, it, again, just an incredible piece of filmmaking, incredible piece of work. I, I, I've seen that show. I actually rewatched it before I started making Beckham, even though it couldn't be more different. Um, but I just wanted to watch how he unfo unfolded the story of OJ, you know, that, that also, yeah, that's another one. Cause I had just finished watching, um, our, our good friend, Scott and Larry had done the, um, American crime story, OJ, Series I thought right. was fantastic. And I can't even remember why there were circumstances where I was like, well, now you have to watch this. You know, how many episodes is it? It's like six hours, 10 hours? It's 10, 10 hours, right? 10, yeah. 10 I was like, hours. I just yeah. finished watching. Like, now I just got to go watch the same thing. Oh, God, no. And I'm 20 minutes into it. And I was like, wow. Because it's, it's not like you're, it's not like it's loaded with new information, but it is a completely different perspective. And obviously, it's also a documentary and not a docuseries. But I thought the two of them went to work together so well, but but the degree to which it goes into the culture that he's coming out of, and I mean not just the specific culture where he's from, but like the American culture at that time, 
Um, the, the way that is the backdrop. Yeah. He really laid yeah, that out. I mean, it is so much, not just 10 hours of a guy playing football and then killing his wife. Um, allegedly, yeah. but, uh, uh, I don't know. I have my yeah. doubts, but, um, <laughs> the, uh, has he found that person yet? Is he still looking? He's, he's still, still looking, looking right? He's still, yeah, that, uh, he's still looking. To keeps him off the um, but yeah, it's just, yeah. it's incredible. It's incredible. It just puts it all in a political perspective, a social perspective, a racial perspective. It, it, it just places you just right in the world at that time. And um, uh, I, I, I love it. And then I kind of think of it as like, and then there's this epilogue where just for fun, they throw in the greatest Elmar Leonard novel that he never wrote, which I didn't know any of. The, the stuff okay. after OJ in Las Vegas. I'm like, there oh, is a movie <laughs> waiting to happen. I know. I know. I know. Have you seen it, Joe? I haven't seen it. No, I've seen that. I haven't seen OJ in Las oh, Vegas because they haven't made it yet. Oh, no. Oh, you saw the documentary, though. Yes, of course. Yeah, the last chapter. Like the fact that, you know, the entire American legal system couldn't bring down a guy who, you know, <laughs> seemed pretty clearly I mean, to have done it, but a couple of like, <laughs> Like yeah. third-rate hustlers yeah. from Vegas. Well, why did it take so long to to catch Tupac's murderer? That's another thing. Like Tupac's murderer, a guy admit, admitted he was in the car, but now they're finally convicting him twenty-seven years later. Wow. Okay. Well. Yeah. Yeah. We we, we got some problems. We got some problems to work out in this country. I I would I say, but um, yeah, but that one is amazing. And again, I really do like if if. Uh, I would, I would write the OJ in Vegas movie in a second. That would be a blast. Okay. Cause it's Let's just, because it. <laughs> it. it really is. It's just, it's, I, it, it blew my mind and people don't know it to the degree. No. I mean, they know one or two things about it, but, um, oh my God. And the look on his face with the judge hands down the sentence and that thing is just, <laughs> it's priceless. Yeah. It's he, amazing. He really, he, it was cool. Cause I, I, the way he shot the interviews was very period of that period. I thought. You know, yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah, really yeah, interesting. no, it's, it, it is a great film. It's a great, I mean, there's some amazing documentaries, which are just somebody with a video camera talking to people, but, but that, that was, that was a film. That was a movie. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool stuff. Uh, um, what's, so another one that, that, uh, so I, I was never into race car driving formula one. I'm still not that into it, but, um, my, uh, my, girlfriend at the time now she's the mother of my children she's like oh um let's go see this movie about Ayrton Senna and I said and my girlfriend's from South Africa and I said who's Ayrton Senna she goes who is Muhammad Ali <laughs> who is you know I'm like I'm sorry I don't know who he is she goes only the greatest Formula One driver ever and I'm like okay well let's go see this movie I didn't know who he was okay and we go to this movie in the cinema and we sit in that cinema and watch that movie. And that guy became my new God. He was like my hero. He was the most. So it's a movie about Ayrton Senna called Senna by Asif Kapadia. Um, and it is just, just an incredible story about this uh, Brazilian Formula One driver. And, uh, you know, he unfortunately you know, loses his life doing what he loved to do in the car and then changed safety of Formula One from then on. But, but it's a brilliant portrait of a, of a athlete, of a race car driver, of a time, of a period, of a culture, Brazil. And, um, it's just, you're, you're on your seat. You, you, you get, and the other thing that's interesting about that film 
was it was when Asif Kapadia and Chris King, the editor, kind of figured out their style where they weren't going to have anybody on camera. So all the interviews are just, you just hear the voices, most of the voices in Portuguese, so it's subtitled, but there are no interviews. It's all archival footage intercut with, they did interview these people, but you don't see them. You just hear their voices. And that became kind of Asif's style with Amy, his, his uh, Amy Winehouse film and, right. you know, his films after that. But Senna to me is uh, a masterpiece. Uh, it's a great film about sport. Huh, yeah, I don't, I don't know it. And I didn't realize I was just looking Yeah, that he did. Um, and I love that reaction. Like, I love when you can walk into something like that. And, um, as you said, yeah. especially like zero interest in race cars. And then you can walk yeah, out. Yeah, I had none. Know. And it didn't matter. It did not matter. But I really recommend that you, uh, that you see that film. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's, it's an incredible, and he was an incredible person. Wild. That's Daredevil. Awesome. Yeah, that the um, interview. What's what's the one? Oh no, it's not sports, but the uh, the Sex Pistols documentary. I also love the. Uh, have you seen that? The Filth and the Fury. No, I need to see that because it's it, not only it's great. I think it's Julian Temple, but the thing he does with the interviews is whenever he's talking to the Sex Pistols today, uh, they're all completely backlit, so they're just completely in silhouette, so you can't. Um, right, but you, know, you want to see how fucking old. Because also, yeah. like, who wants to see Johnny Lydon today? He's not. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't quite have the. Right. <laughs> Um, not everybody looks as uh, slender and youthful as uh, we do as they no, move into no. things. Um, cool, man. What's, what's yeah, next? They'll have to take your word for that. That's right. What is um, next? So next uh, is a film called The Two Escobars. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that. It was a 30 I don't. I know of it. I've never seen it. Um, I think it was one of the first 30 for 30s. Um, it, it, so, uh, Escobar, the, the drug kingpin, uh, of Colombia, uh, yes, Pablo. And it's about the, the, uh, one of the players on the Colombian national team who fucked up and Escobar and his name was Escobar and Pablo didn't like the fact that he fucked up and he, uh, took him out. Ah, (laughs) Uh, yeah. That's grim. Yeah, yeah but it's fucking amazing. It, it, honestly, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant film. Um, again, highly recommend it. Edge of your seat. It gets into the history of Pablo, the history of the Columbia football team, which actually played at his compound. He flew them in on his private jet to practice on his compound. And, um, just a story that, you know, inner, inner, you know, mixing Pablo with the football team and the, what was going on in Colombia on the, at the time, which was the most dangerous country to be in. Uh, and, and it's, it's just, it's amazing. And I do think it was kind of what m- m- branded 30 for 30 on ESPN, which now is a big, you know, uh, brand for them and right. many docs they make, but that one in particular, just, I, I, I highly recommend it. Well, it's always interested me the way that, I mean, outside of my hometown of Philadelphia, um, the way many countries in the rest of the world uh, take sports um, significantly more seriously and personally than we do. I would say Philadelphia is about on par with, uh, you know, England or, um, <laughs> but yeah, well, I, I mean, that's, know, you people get say, death you know, threat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you see Beckham, uh, when you see episode two, I'm just going to plug in my phone. 
when, uh, when you see oh, is that when he kicks the guy and loses yeah, the yeah when he comes yeah, back was... to play, when he comes back to play in england what the way the fans treated him it was just like you know i mean he was he was uh persona non grata for i mean yeah the abuse that beckham took after getting thrown out of the england argentina game was just unconscionable and and it it, it persisted for years um, death threats. They hung an effigy of him in front of a bar. You know. Um, anyway, they take it seriously there. Yeah. Too serious. Yeah, I would say like some of the yes, yeah. But um, I mean that doesn't really happen here much. Um, I can imagine Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but but that I mean that's just fascinating to me. You better win but, the World Series. You better win the World Series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so um, the another film that I know Joe Dante has seen, and I'm sure you've seen, that is a, I mean, it, it is a sport. It's not a sport that I participate in, but um, Pumping Iron. Yeah, the pumping. That that's a. I love that movie, and I I've I've seen it. I, I watched I watched it before I started shooting Beckham as well, and it's just a. It's such an incredible portrait and obviously made Arnold a star. Um, clearly he was a movie star. After you see this movie, you're like, wow, this guy's incredible. Um, but it's beautifully filmed. It's just like it, verite. It just captures people doing what they do. And it's such a crazy sport, bodybuilding. I mean, yeah, it's a crazy sport. And I, I think it was also ahead of its time. I don't think many films like that were made. And, you know, to, to, to make that film uh, in the 70s, um, it, it, I thought it was just really uh, amazing. That's why it was so popular. You guys have Because there really weren't very, there weren't very many movies in that genre at all. And, you know, yeah. Arnold, Arnold wasn't going to get famous from being in Hercules in New York. <laughs> this is the picture that really put him on top. Mm. I can't. Who dubbed him in that, Joe? You would know this. Oh God, I can't remember about that. But he was dubbed. Arnold Stang. Right? Isn't Arnold Stang also in that? Yeah. (laughs) Stang and Schwarzenegger together at last. Who was his co-star? Who was his co-star? Oh wow! Wow! Why they didn't (laughs) become a a big duo? You know, (laughs) Stang and Schwarzenegger. I don't know. Yeah, they could have taken that on the road. Probably because nobody saw the picture. Yeah, that would. Uh, I have seen it. I've seen it on VHS a million a million years ago. You have. That's very rare. RAF Industries, one of the more obscure <laughs> distributors. Uh, well, I love the film. I love the the way it was shot. I love the the grain of the film. It's just you know they didn't yeah. write. They just that you know. Yeah, it was it was is a great film. And it's um, amazing. That, I mean, think about him and how he was because we're all we were all around when that was happening and like. You know, the degree to which Arnold Schwarzenegger happened. Like, you watch that film and it's like, okay, there you But the, 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 no one, you, you couldn't possibly have conceived that this guy would become this massive movie star and, and have a career for decades. It was just such an unusual notion back then. Wait, and then become governor of California. And, yeah, not to mention. <laughs> not to mention, if he was an American citizen, he probably could have become president. 
quite possible. Uh, oh, quite possible. Listen, I'll you know, I, I, I everybody, I've I've only met him once. Everybody who's ever worked with him said the same thing. And I, I think the um, not to not to get too heavy into it, and I have huge issues. We probably all do with his politics, but just to have seen him on stage with Donald Trump, because Arnold Schwarzenegger is a genuine alpha male, and of course Donald Trump is a ersatz alpha but to have seen those two on stage and to see like trump just kind of wither in about 40 seconds would have been <laughs> that 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 would have been a worth electing a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm making assumptions here fisher i don't know if you but um yeah no no i'm with you i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm on your side there 100 um, percent. um so i guess the seminal series right now that was the reason that David Beckham wanted to do his series um, was and is uh, The Last Dance, the story of the 1998 Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan's last season, um, which was a 10-episode ESPN Netflix show, but um, very, very well told. For me especially, I uh, am a massive Chicago Bulls fan went to was acting in a TV series uh at in Chicago at the time the same one that the Hoop Dreams guys were in so I was living there for Jordan's last two years and had season tickets and got to see a lot of those games and the way that they told that story is just wonderful and for me especially having been to those games loving those players um that that was a a, you know, great series. David saw that series Beckham and he's like, I want to tell my story. And that was kind of the genesis, I think, of how he decided that he wanted to do a documentary finally about his life. Um, but I, uh, I don't know if you guys saw that or I know you're not sports guys, so you may not have, but it's, it's really uh, the personalities are what make it. Character is what makes documentaries in my opinion. I was say, yeah, you know, what's the, like, what is the extraordinary thing about that story aside from the fact that obviously Michael Jordan, great players. They won lots of games. Is that, is it simply character? Is that what, what makes that work? Yeah. A personal friend of Bugs Bunny. Personal friend of Bugs Bunny and Yosemite Sam. Exactly. Um, and Pepe Le Pew. But, um, Oh, he's one of those yeah. both sides people. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it, it is. It's, it's the story of how, uh, first of all, you know, again, he's a bit of a superhuman athlete, like what he accomplished. Uh, it's almost, if you're a basketball fan, you, you still marvel at what he was able to do and the way he pushed people, the way he pushed his team, the way he drove his team, and the way the teammates were willing to just say he was a motherfucker. I don't know if I can say that, but he was a, yeah, you you just know, he, he was like, yeah, he was like, you know, he, he was a hard ass. He pushed this too much sometimes. And, you know, he took too much credit. So, and, and kind of the back and forth and the controversy and the personalities are just, you know, uh, I mean, look, again, it, uh, it was very popular because people related to the characters. Beside the fact you had the greatest, maybe the greatest athlete at the time, you know, on camera, drink getting kind of drunk it looked like on whatever he was drinking um being more open than he's been so i i think that's the other thing is just trying to break these guys down and make them real and not just a sports interview which they're used to doing so i think that they did a great job with that and um it was a it was a great piece of filmmaking 
Well, I, I be, it reminds me, and I got to ask, did you, uh, did you watch and were you a fan of winning time? Okay. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, you're, you're friends with people. I'm guessing. Is that the, yeah, well, you know, all these guys. Friends. Okay. We'll cut I'm that. <laughs> no, no, I'm not friends with them. I know some people. I, I wished winning time was a bit more real, I guess. Like I wish that it was played a little, Listen, I, I watched the first six, oops, sorry, six episodes. It was good. It was good. But um, yeah, it was good. I wouldn't put it in my list, but that's not a documentary. Well, yeah, so I mean, it was not a doc. Yeah. I, I got to say, I, I loved it so much. And the thing that, um, and again, not, not a story. So there was never, at no point am I sitting there going, ah, that didn't happen. Um, right, the right, fact, right. my wife made me watch it because she's from LA and she, you know, grew up going to those games. And I was like, all right. right. <laughs> And um, I, I absolutely loved it. And I think the thing that really got me was um, a couple of months ago hearing Jerry Buss's daughter say that uh, John C. Riley's performance was so amazing. It was just like she would mm. watch it every week just so she could spend a little time with her dad, who's no longer with <laughs> wow. us. So it was just well, like, oh, my God. I thought John C. Riley was great. It, for me, it was – anyway, I don't know. It was good, but it was fine. I, I, no, I people have a lot of issues and it, and it was, I apologize. Yeah. It was, I guess, sort of a gotcha, no, no, could have no. been a gotcha question, if, especially, no, you know, it was, it was uh, good. especially it was if you good. hang out with like magic or Kareem, I know they were very unhappy with that show, which I'm yeah. not sure why, but anyway, no, they um, look good. In it. I mean, Kareem was a bit stereotyped. I, I would be a little, but maybe Kareem, I don't know. Look, I don't know. Kareem. Yeah, I, I don't. met him. I did meet Kareem briefly about possibly doing his stuff. Didn't work out. Anyway, so as uh, Mrs. Spencer once said, uh, no, that's wrong. So as Mrs. Tracy once said, uh, it was time for our Spencer. And our Spencer is Movies Unlimited. Which is- hang on, hang on, hang on. Joe, before, before we do this, I just, I have to take advantage of this moment. I just heard this rumor on the internet. Have you heard this before? Uh, that if you say Lloyd Kaufman's name three times, he will just appear in your bathroom and try to sell you something. Have you heard this? Really? No. That yeah, so, so, yeah, apparently if you just go Lloyd Kaufman, Lloyd Kaufman, Lloyd Kaufman. Dumping Jesus on a pogo stick. Where, where am I? Oh, uh, hey. I was minding what? my own business. I come out of the manhole club. I'm walking by and I see you guys talking and I love you guys. You guys are uh, heroes in Chomaville. You know, I just want to tell you about this amazing box set. Uh, um, I don't actually have it with me. I can't afford it. It's the TA in 4K, uh, Movies Unlimited, has, uh, uh, it's put out by Troma Entertainment. I don't know who they are, but I uh, hear they're very good at Movies Unlimited and MVT. And they, Wait, are you saying Toxic uh, Avenger? Is that, it's, it's all four of them? Yeah, TA in 4K, it's all four and, uh, and more. Uh, cartoons and extras, you'll see uh, Lloyd Carr, I mean me, and uh, all sorts of amazing uh, uh, archival clips and uh, um, uh, we tried to get Joe Dante but he was very busy and but oh, this is amazing I'm so happy I'm here let me tell you more about it the just the box itself is so beautiful it's been made by many uh, children in Thailand uh, they do it very cheaply and uh, thank you movies unlimited and of course uh, MVD this wouldn't be possible I, 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 I didn't even shower tonight. Uh, it's incredible, but that I gotta go. But enjoy the Toxic Avenger uh, 4K. It's in 4K and uh, cost us a bundle, and it's beautifully, beautifully replicated. And it, and it is, folks. It's all four movies in 4K and Blu-ray. It's packed full of stuff, and it's available at Movies Unlimited. Shipping is almost free. Always uh, free. 
Yeah, if you pay, uh, uh, I can't remember how much, but whatever it is, it's worth every penny of it. Sounds like it. Uh, Lloyd Coffin, ladies and gentlemen, he takes direction well. Shipping is always free, over $50. Thanks, Lloyd. Well, thank you, and uh, good luck with that. And uh, thank you, Movies Unlimited, and of course, the great MBD and Troma Entertainment. Good Lord, uh, I don't know what's happened to them. So what have we learned, folks? We've learned that the Toxic Avenger Collection TA and 4K is available today at Movies Unlimited. We've also learned never say Lloyd Kaufman three times. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. My next on the list is a classic Leon Gast film, When We Were Kings. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. One of the, you know, one of the greatest, again, like diff- revolutionary for the time. I think, you know, they filmed it. It took 10 years to, to come out. So they worked on that for like years in the edit. Yeah. Years. Um, the fight happened and then they, you know, it took years to, but look, man, I mean, what a, you know, I mean, you got the greatest character in, you know, I mean, Michael Jordan is good, but Muhammad Ali is. No, he's, there's never been God. anything like him. Yeah. No, he is a guy. He is, I'd say my, my favorite all time athlete. If I could pick one to have hung out with would be him. But, um, well, don't yeah, you, I mean, so, there's a thing. I, it took me. I, I always struggle with it because, yeah, I feel exactly the same way. And then it's like, well, sure, because when you were 13, he was the greatest thing happening. And I always try to factor that in. And it's like, even when you factor that in, there's never been anything like Muhammad Ali. I mean, he's just because he clear. went to jail for four years at the height of his career, lost his title yeah. for yeah. political stance. That yeah, was such a. I mean, he's he put his money where his mouth is, unlike anybody. Like consistently, and too. I mean, changing his name to Muhammad Ali when he did it would get oh, you killed. It's yeah. just, yeah. He yeah, really was. Like every uh, kid I know, even if we weren't into sports, we were just like, he was the hero. He was the great hero. Somehow every fight he was, you know, every fight he did was like he was fighting for something. And it just, but that documentary is great. Like if you never... If you don't know Muhammad Ali, if you don't know anything about him, you don't understand why, you know, everyone gets so misty about him. That that doc is a damn good place to start, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple other Muhammad Ali docs that are great, too. But that one to me, because, you know, you have the you have the, the you have the backdrop of the fight in Africa. You have you have the performance of James Brown. You have like 
I mean, there's just so much going. Don King. I mean, there's just so many great characters. Characters, yeah. Um, so another great sports doc, which is a, uh, it's about um, hand uh, wheelchair basketball, and it's called Murderball. Oh yeah, Murderball's great. Yeah, and that is a incredible, incredible film. Um, you know, a world that again, like. I knew nothing about the beauty of docs. They bring you into these worlds that are so fascinating. Um, you know, what is it like to live in a wheelchair? What is it like to compete as an athlete on a high level in a wheelchair? Um, it, it's a, it's a, a beautifully shot film. Um, I mean, they, they must have had the cameras on the wheelchairs at times. I mean, it, it's an amazing film. Actually, the, the, one of the editors of that film, when I saw it, um, I hired to edit The Cove, which really kind of helped my career as a filmmaker. Um, and and I, it was because I saw Murderball, I asked Jeff Richmond to do The Cove. Mm. Um, nice. And he ended up doing that. And, um, but that's, that's, a, that's, a great, uh, that's a great sport film. I Have think. you seen that one, Joe? Yes. Yeah. I, um, I've seen The Cove, too. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, not a sports film, folks. Not a sports film. <laughs> no, not a sports But, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and as you say, that is that is just the best thing about about. Yeah. Docs. Well, I guess so, so much of everything that, that we do, for the most part, is putting you into, you know, shoes you haven't walked in. But there's something yeah. about a good immersive documentary about a sort of microculture that maybe you didn't even know existed. Yeah. Instead of like telling some kind of, you know, crime story or putting actors in wheelchairs or whatever, you're actually immersed in the real world for a little while. And um, there's nothing. And again, like that. that I remember the lead guy, Bobby, you know, I mean, just the charisma. And I can the, see him now. Guy. Yeah. What's it been? 15 yeah. years or something like. Yeah. You still yeah. remember he, he, he leaves an indelible mark in your brain. I mean, you know, finding these characters is just such a big part of it. You know, yeah. I mean, great, like, Gar great gardens, the Maisel's. You know, they made a whole movie about two women living, you know, I mean, one of the greatest of all time. Nothing really yeah, happened. Yeah. Or, or Mike Schenck in American movie. Oh, Mike, exactly. Rest in peace. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I signed up for his online guitar lessons just so I could, like, watch him be Mike Schenck. Really? <laughs> um, so th there's another movie. Um actually the original winning time it's called winning time reggie miller versus the new york knicks again it was a 30 for 30. Oh. it's really interesting um dan cloris who i did crazy love with directed it and when again maybe this is more of a new york thing but um reggie miller who played for the indiana pacers would come to madison square garden every game and just personally destroy the knicks like destroy them he would score at will and it got so bad that Spike Lee, who sits on the floor, would get into this whole thing with Reggie. And the more Spike gave him shit, the more Reggie would destroy. And there was a famous game where the Knicks were about to become naked to the finals. And um, they were up by like seven. They were up by seven points with like a nine or 11 seconds left. Game over. And Reggie Miller scored eight points in, <laughs> in like 11 seconds. And it is such a fun documentary. It's fun. 
it's just fun. Spike is a big character in it, Reggie Miller, and the Knicks team, who are a bunch of bruisers, um, crushers. They're all in it. So again, it's really what it's about are these crazy characters and this guy, how one guy who's thin, Reggie Miller weighed like 80 pounds and, and he's going up against these bruisers and Reggie Miller just destroyed them. And to, you know what? To this day, the Knicks have never recovered because they've still have never <laughs> made it to the goddamn final. So anyway, it's a great un- underrated film. It's a lot Wait, of Sorry, fun. what's it called again? What's the name? It's called Winning Time, Reggie Miller against the versus the New York Knicks. And here's the thing I got to ask is, is, was it old? Did this, I mean, obviously he's a great player. I'm so not familiar with the story. So like, I'm sure there's people laughing at this stupid question, but like, was it only the Knicks that he could do this to? Or is there something no, no, about he, that really? Was, okay. No, before Steph Curry, who came onto the scene, Reggie Miller was held the record for most three points. Most like Steph Curry just came in and took, but Reggie was considered like one of the greatest shooters in the history of, of basketball. And then Steph. But what is Curry it about had, the Knicks that made it so particularly? The Knicks, because it was New York. Um, Reggie liked the stage, you know, and he lit, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a show offy guy, but he's stuck in Indiana. He's the big fish in Indiana, but he comes to New York. And he's like, fuck you in Madison Square Garden. I'm going to show you what it's, what, what, how it really should be done. Um, but yeah, and he's really charismatic and, you know, he's a big, now he's a big commentator on, uh, television but um again characters fun it's just a fun fun movie um so anyway awesome yeah i that recommend awesome. it <laughs> that sounds great <laughs> yeah light nice not, nice uh yeah cool what is, so, what is next well I, can i plug one of one of my first movie which was a sports movie or is that not if you can do that yeah. do whatever you want yeah yeah, I can't. No I can't. We don't actually hand out tickets, so we've got no rules. No, they're at your mercy. No, it's not. I wouldn't say it's one of the ten best. So I'm not going to say it, but it's good. But it's not one of the ten best. Um, my my last, well, my tenth one because I've I've gone through ten. Is oh, uh, you got two coming? But wait, what's the one of I'll yours? Do. Huh? He's not going to do his. What's what's the one of yours? Well, I'll tell you what mine is. Mine's a lot of fun. Okay, it was my first documentary that I was involved. With. It's. It's about, so in, in the seventies, America was trying to become a, a soccer town, a soccer uh, country and oh, Pele, Pele, Franz Beckenbauer, all these great European and South Africa, South American players came to America and they played for a team called the New York Cosmos and the New York yeah, Cosmos, well. the New York Cosmos was um, owned by the owner of Warner brothers studios and Atlantic Records, Steve Ross and Ahmet Erdogan. And they put on a show. So they, this, the movie is about Pele, Beckenbauer, Roberto Carlos, and, uh, uh, and Giorgio Canaglia, an Italian, two Brazilians, and a German who come to America. The most famous in the world. Nobody knew any of them were really except for Pele in America. But, and Steve Ross and Ahmet Erdogan, you know, they tried to turn this thing into a showbiz extravaganza and it worked for like a couple of years until it all went crumbling down. And it's a movie chronicling New York in the 70s. It's that team, those guys coming in and you see footage of the shitty playing of what it was like at the beginning of 
uh, it was called NASL, <laughs> National American League Soccer. I mean, it wasn't even like, you know, what it, anything like it is now. And um, it's just a really crazy, rollicking, uh, fun movie about, uh, you know, it's got showbiz. Ahmed Erdogan loved soccer. Steve Ross didn't know anything about it. But and then they, they'd bring like they'd fly celebrities into the games and try to promote them and bring the players to Studio 54. And, you know, it was just a wild it's a wild ride. It's a it's a fun movie um, that uh, we sold to Miramax at the time. Not, oh, so this is OK. You're and you're a producer on it, right? Is that- I'm the producer on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's called what? Once in a Lifetime. And and do you get into that? Because I remember that well as a kid. Because yeah. Pele was pretty compelling person, and something about Philadelphia. We all played soccer, so it was kind of like yeah. yeah you well, know, Philadelphia kids. had. I think your team like won the league the first. Couple oh no, of I don't years. know. I just mean like in high school for some reason because okay. okay. we didn't have a lot of football in Philly, but it was all like in high school. Right. We were sort of forced to play soccer, so we knew the sport at least. But and then of course there was the uh, this was around the same time, right? That uh, John Houston did um, Victory with. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was right after. Exactly. It was, it was right, right after. Yeah, because that, that was... Which, yeah. I wonder how that whole film. Is that I've been wanting to go back to it because I remember it was all right. But, um, um, and I remember like it just had that one amazing shot, which I went back and looked to. And I think Houston said something about he made the entire film just so he could try to get a shot of Pele doing that incredible thing where he would flip over backwards and then kick the called ball. The bicycle. It's called a bicycle. <laughs> the bicycle, yeah, yeah. Bicycle. Yeah, <laughs> he would just do this three sixty spin in the air and kick a ball, and sometimes that ball would go into the goal. At this, yeah, like, I couldn't do any of those on its own. <laughs> no, no, it's. I mean, he was famous for those, and there, yeah, and very few people can still to this day do a bicycle kick and score a goal. Yeah, yeah. I want. Have you seen that recently, Joe, or probably just I saw it. victory? I wouldn't even know where to go to uh, find it. Unless it's movies unlimited. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's right. They probably have it. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, I, that's funny. I kind of want to go back. It's just like such an odd. Was it like Sylvester Stallone? Is it Michael Keane yeah. in it? Yes, yes. Yeah, and Pele, and it's World War Two, and the, they're in a they're in a camp and a POW camp, and they have to play soccer against the guards. That's one of, one right. of those kind of things. And, right, right. Um, well, yeah, they opened. Yeah, yeah. Um, they opened a Kim's video in uh, New York now in Brooklyn. They have one. Wait, they're back? Oh no, in Lower Manhattan. Yeah, it, it's in the Nighthawk Cinema that they just opened in Lower Manhattan. And there's a Kim's oh. video where you can actually well, it's DVDs, but you can rent them. It's back. That is such good news. I had no idea. So if you're in Lower Manhattan, yeah, I used to Nighthawk. live in that place. Every yeah. time I went to New York, I spent too much time there. Um, and then you have one more, right? My last one. one. Okay, so there is a, a little more homegrown. There, there's a skateboarding movie. Can I use that as uh-huh. a sport? Skater Day. Dogtown Z Boy. <laughs> oh, not Skater Day. <laughs> no. No, that's <laughs> Dogtown Z Boys. You know Dogtown Z Boys? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Dog, yeah, so that was uh, directed by Stacey Peralta, who was a skater. Um, and edited by Paul Crowder, who edited, after I saw that, I asked him to edit Once in a Lifetime, the soccer movie. Uh, I actually asked Stacey Peralta to direct it, to come in and direct it, but he didn't think there was any chance, it wouldn't be any good. But anyway, um, Dogtown Z-Boys, you know, another culture I knew nothing of. I'm from New York most of my life, Chicago, New York. No idea that that culture existed. Um, 
somehow Stacy just made those the most incredibly cool kids. And I, uh, I tried to skateboard after I saw that movie and just realized uh, I I missed the boat on that one. Uh, <laughs> I just did not, I was not good and it was not cool enough. But the storytelling and the way that he shot it, again, like the way he found to shoot skateboarding and the way he did the interviews and um, yeah, just another great sports documentary. Um, yeah, that one's terrific. Too. And it's also about a time and a place and a, Exactly. The whole culture surrounding it. Um, yeah. 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 So, so yeah, yeah, that so, was a fascinating, and it's a little scary and dangerous, that world too. That's the thing. It's for like, sure. And you know, it kind of borders on sketchy with the drugs and the, and the, and, and the borders on sketchy. Yeah. It is sketchy. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, there's another movie I'm just going to throw in. That's kind of the, the, the post script Dogtown, which is called Minding the Gap, which is another movie about skateboarding. Oh, yeah. I haven't, is that a, it's a documentary? Yeah, it was nominated, I think. Yeah, it was nominated for the Academy Award like three years ago. Um, not, another great skateboarding story. Very different culture. Not LA. Um, and about very different types of kids. And uh, really strong. So I'll just put those as a couplet. Um, together but yeah I, I that's a really good movie as well minding the gap i think you've i think you've managed to, to you've managed to do the uh the impossible you've mentioned movies that have never been mentioned anywhere on our podcast by anybody oh. that is on this show yeah but but i want to so not only are you a fan of sports docs but you've you've made one an epic length one what what i mean we sort of touched on this i guess but like what what is it really and is there just one thing i guess there's not but like what is it that makes a sports documentary work because all the ones you mentioned that i have seen i have loved all the ones you mentioned that i haven't seen are like going on my list of things i want to see you couldn't pay me to go to a, a soccer game you couldn't pay me to go to a boxing match you couldn't pay me to go to a, like what what is it that you think now like when you're making Beckham, obviously no one would do this and you're obviously not doing it. You're not just sitting there going, hey, they love Beckham. We can just throw in anything. Like, what is it that <clears throat> you're, in your mind, makes a sports documentary great? What is the thing you have to try to I do? Think, I think it's the ups and downs, really. Like, for me, I, you know, when Beckham originally asked me to do it, I said, no. I mean, you're like this beautiful guy with this perfect life. Why, why would I want to make a movie about you? And you have a brand and I'm not... And then he said, look, man, there's a lot of ups and downs in my life. It wasn't always, and because I didn't really know anything about him. And what made me want to do it and, and what made what makes a great sports doc, it's not just the drama of a game or a match. It's the drama of the life. It's the drama of what they go through. And, you know, his, his life was much more of a roller coaster than I I could have imagined like what I said after the red card, he was booed and people threw stuff at him and they called his wife names and they tried to kidnap his children. I mean like that stuff. And then through all that, he, he wins the most coveted. He does something no other team has done winning a treble. Like he's able to perform and then he goes to this other team and then he's shit and then he gets it up and he comes back and he's great. So it's just like these ups and downs and, to me, that's what makes a great sports doc. It's not just about the sport. It's about what the human, what the character has gone through to get to where he is, right? So, yeah. 
which again is something that even if you follow them to some extent is is not there if you're just watching a day like i've seen some great sporting events and i'm just like i'm there with everybody but if you're watching like one of those dud matches where you know yeah <laughs> nothing exciting is happening and it's over the first five minutes um uh yeah there, there's no narrative there that you can cling to so um, yeah, well, cool, man. Well, thank you. I've, I've enjoyed the the stuff I've seen on it so far. I'm going to finish it and look forward to it. And I seriously like the, the few of these I haven't seen. I can't wait to see, um, got to start with Reggie Miller though. That sounds amazing. Oh yeah. You're going to dig it. That's yeah. really fun. Yeah. That sounds no, no. really fun. And I'm, and I, I you know, and Beckham really kind of, it, it, it's, I really kind of made it like a movie and I just had to break it up into four parts. So it kind of has a, it kind of builds. So I'm excited for you guys to check that out. Helps helps that he's extremely good looking too. You got it. Yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like walking down the street with him. <laughs> Doesn't help me. Doesn't help me at all. Thanks, Fisher. All right, man. Well, Fisher, thank you so much. Thanks. It's Beckham. It's on Netflix now. You can start watching it instantly, and uh, you will enjoy it. So, thank you very much, man. We'll see you what in two years when you have five more projects. Oh, oh God, I don't know. It works that. too much. We'll see you soon. <laughs> The Movies That Made Me is the official podcast of Trailers From Hell, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. We are proud to be part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Learn more at airwavemedia.com. This is Josh Olsen for The Movies That Made Me. As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.